Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord, here in every home, wherever your people gather this evening. Your presence, Lord, gives us peace, gives us balance once again, fills us with hope, gives us strength to be able to confront obstacles and unexpected situations. Your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you are real, real in our hearts, ever-present in our time of need. We can rely upon you always, Lord, and you respond. Your presence floods us, surrounds us, envelopes us, carries us through, Lord. We thank you, dear God, that it is not just about those warm, wonderful feelings that we get when we gather in a place to worship, but it is, Lord, sensing that you're with us during the most trying times in our life. I pray, Lord, for the church today, our brothers and sisters that worship with us and those that are connected to us tonight, that your presence will be there, Lord, to guide us, to ease the pain, to work the miracle of healing, that we might be able to experience, dear God, your supernatural presence in our journey. Thank you, dear Lord, for moments like these. We come against sickness and infirmity, confusion and despair, depression, the workings of the powers of darkness. And Lord, we conquer them in the name of Jesus. We come out victorious, Lord. You've called us to be conquerors in Christ Jesus. We believe your word. We thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord forevermore. Worthy is the Lamb of God. I want to thank you for joining us again this evening for our mid midweek service. And I just want to take a few moments and share my heart with yours with regard to our life and our journey. I was recently watching, or well not recently, a few months ago, watching a program on TV, one of these com competition programs where uh, people uh, display their talents in comparison to someone else. And they had a, a young lady uh, sing a song, and she ended up singing, interestingly enough, Yes, Jesus Loves Me, was a song that she broke out to sing. And as she was starting to utter those words, this was not in a church service, this was not in a, in a religious gathering, it was one of those contests that they run about the best talent or whatever it was called. I forget right now. But I left very impressed. She starts to sing this song, Yes, Jesus Loved Me. Before she gets a few words out, she breaks down sobbing. I mean, tears strumming down, uh, streaming down her face. Could barely finish the song that she was doing a cappella. And what happens after she does the piece, then one of the persons there asks her, her where, where, where are those tears coming from? And she says something actually very profound that I think speaks to us today. Her response was, everybody wants love. Everybody in life is seeking love. You, listening to me on the other side, we journey here, we laugh, but laughter doesn't mean that we've uh, achieved love. Everyone is striving for, hung, have a, has a hunger for having that need met deep down inside. And we go on week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, 
And we don't get to get that satisfaction of that love thirst being satisfied. And it isn't about just relationship with someone. It is that we were created innately to have inside this, desi this desire, this yearning satisfied and fulfilled. That need to receive love and to give love. I've taken the time this, this uh, evening to just share with you some thoughts precisely in that area. And I want to use a familiar example that we find in Scripture in Luke chapter 19. I've titled uh, this uh, sermon, this teaching, this reflection uh, this evening, No One is Beyond the Love of God. No one is beyond the love of God. Oftentimes we might think and convince ourselves that we're, we've done so much wrong that God, there's no way he can love us. Or perhaps others say it to us. Or maybe we've fallen into the same repetitious, sinful cycle, secret sinful cycle that no one might know. And we feel ourselves so distant from God that there's no way. I've broken a promise again. I've done it all over again. I've committed something that's horrible. I've done something horrible to those around me that love me. There's no way. I just want to open up by telling you, telling you, no, no, no suggesting, suggestion here, a command. No one is beyond the love of God. And Luke 19 uh, highlights for us the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Listen, listen to how it comes, off, comes across in uh, these first 10 verses of Luke 19. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. By the way, the, the tax collectors at that time had a horrible reputation. The government then allowed them to just take advantage of people and a portion of what they collected in tax revenues, they actually were able to keep to themselves. That's why Luke mentions here that Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector, but he was very wealthy. And there what he's saying is he became wealthy by being unscrupulous and, and having no, no, uh, no integrity. That's how he became wealthy. Pick it up on verse 3. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said, to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your home. Now, that might seem like an awkward statement, but if we think back then, when those statements there were common because part of hospitality during that time is when, uh, when you, you could have guests in your home. It was expected that you would have people come and stay, not just visit, but come and stay, particularly those that were journeying through the town. So he tells Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your, your home today. Verse 6, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, he said, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back Four times the amount. Verse 9. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, now he's speaking to the audience, this man too 
is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. What can we get out of this? What, 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 what do I want to share with you on this theme, this idea of no one is beyond God's love? Well, the, the, the one thing I see coming out of the text, it just rises right up, is that Zacchaeus did not see an obstacle before him. He was able to overcome limitations. He was able to move away from things that were hindering him because his purpose was actually he needed to see this guy called Jesus. He had heard of him, obviously, but there needed to be a way for him to see that. And, and I, I'm, I'm here to just remind you that in our life's journey, as I shared on Sunday and I've been sharing over these past few weeks, we, we have to make sure that we push forward even if it's alone. We have to work at removing the obstacles that have stopped us from reaching our fullest potential. Those things will stop us from feeling affirmed, feeling loved, feeling actualized, like we've arrived, like we've been able to gain, like we've been able to get someplace. And I, I submit to you that many of the things that hinder us are obstacles that we ourselves can manage and push out of the way. Zacchaeus, in verse 4 particularly, says that he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree. He ran ahead. He wanted to see Jesus, but he ran ahead. He planned. He had a plan for being able to have an encounter with the Lord and work on his spirituality. That's what we need to do. Zacchaeus didn't wait for someone else to carry him and help him up the tree. Zacchaeus went and had a plan, and he went and ran, and he himself climbed up the tree. I want to submit to you today that, off, that don't let this year go by the way it's been in the past. Have a plan for your life. Have a plan for the betterment of your life, to improve yourself. Overcome the obstacles. You can do it. Make a plan to overcome them so that you can uh, arrive in a place of your fullest potential and excellence in your life and reach those incredible possibilities. The other thing I see, and in, in, in this is in verse 3, uh, that we need to be intentional about our spiritual life. If, if you're not growing, I'm going to submit to you that it is likely that you have not been involved in a plan, involved a plan in your life for spiritual growth. Here again, we, we have to be uh, uh, intentional about getting stronger in our faith with God. We have to be intentional in developing our spiritual walk. We have to be intentional in taking care of our soul and our spirit. We cannot rely on someone else. We have to be intentional and have a plan and have, a, have initiatives to be able to do that. The text says in verse 3 that he wanted to see Jesus. He had heard about him, but he wanted to see him. And so he knew that for his own well-being, for his own, because obviously in the story we see that he was ready. He was ready to repent. He was ready to pay back damages that he had done. He was ready to confess publicly. And he, he had a sense in his heart that this would happen as he, if he was able to see Jesus. I'm here to tell you today that so much in your life can be just put back on track and repositioned and straightened out if you can just run to the feet of the Lord. If you could just take care of your spiritual walk and not wait on someone else to fix it for you, to, to, for them to change. You change. You go before the Lord. You have a plan. You walk forward. Zacchaeus ran to the tree. He wanted to see Jesus. He climbed the tree. He wanted to see Jesus. He positioned himself to see Jesus. Take ownership of your life. Take ownership not of just of your today, but of your tomorrow today. Be the tomorrow as well. Be intentional about seeking your spiritual life. The third thing I see from the, the verse, which I think is very, very important, and we see it so often, we find that in verse 7 that it says that, that 
with the conversation with Jesus, you know, I'm going to stay with you. And all of a sudden, talk started to happen. The people saw this and they began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner, talking that Jesus is going to go down and stay in Zacchaeus' house. I want to submit to you today that you'll be further along in your journey of potential and possibilities in your life. Listen to the second part of my statement. You'll be further along in that journey of reaching your destiny, your purpose, the plan of God over your life. If you do one very important thing, and that is if you ignore strange voices. Oftentimes we have a dream. The, the moment we share with someone, someone will crush that dream. Or, or people will, will strive, not everyone, but there are one or two, three or four. That they, it seems like their mission in life is to truncate anything positive that you want to do in your life. And I'm here to tell you that oftentimes what stops us from getting to our destiny is that we're listening to strange voices. People that tell you, oh, I'll give you six months and you'll quit that thing for sure. Oh, you want to go back to school? Huh? You'll, you'll see what's going to happen. What are you going to do in the wintertime when it snows? Instead of helping you pave the drive, uh, the runway so that you can take off and fly, they throw obstacles. But you know what? You have to get to a place where you ignore strange voices, where you don't pay attention to what people that you've prayed, you've, you've been seeking God, you have direction, you sense you have direction in your life, you know where you think you want to go, go for it and don't, don't give more audience to naysayers that might, might be around you. But on the subject of strange voices, sometimes you got to stop listening to that little voice inside of you because there's external voices that are strange and then there's internal voices as well that are strange. That voice that tells you you're not going to be able to do it you're not qualified enough. You're not good enough. And all these little voices that all of a sudden rise up inside of you. We need to learn to ignore those and do what Zacchaeus was doing. You notice in the text, he doesn't even address that crowd. Jesus does. And I love that about the Lord. He'll always come in to defend us. But Zacchaeus never addresses the crowd. He was fixed, focused on seeing Jesus. And he was fixed and focused on confessing to the Lord. He was fixed and focused on saying, I'm going to pay people back if I stole from them. And I'm going to give them four times the amount. That's what he kept saying. Because he was ignoring. The more, listen to this, this is a powerful principle. The more you focus on the Lord, the less you'll hear the sounds in the periphery. The more you put your eyes on the Lord, the less you'll see around. The more you put your ear to the Lord, the less you'll hear around. We need to focus. Zacchaeus did that. We need to ignore those strange voices, whether they're internal or external. The next thing I see here is that he went and he, he Jesus, Jesus didn't even say anything other than, I need to stay in your house. And all of a sudden, this guy was ready. He was ripe. He was primed to confess. And that's what he did in verse 8. He tells the Lord and, and he says, I will give half of my possessions to the poor. I, and if I cheated anybody out of anything, I'm going to pay them four times. He was ready. And, and church, we have to be, realize that uh, there comes a time in our lives where confession has to be commonplace in us. Who doesn't mess up? Who doesn't uh, make mistakes? Who doesn't fall short? And, and it happens more often than what we're willing to see. And I believe that a strong person, a strong man, and a strong woman confesses frequently before the Lord. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. But in our actions, in our thoughts, in our attitudes, in the, ways, in the way we carry ourselves, uh, we, we fail. 
Confession seems, simply means I'm owning up and I'm, I'm going to attempt again to get up and move forward. That's what it is. And here we see his confession for past sins. In fact, he was so committed to confessing before the Lord and making it right to the Lord that he makes the second statement. And I believe that second statement is powerful. We need to make right what we've done wrong wherever it is possible. We need to make it right. And you say, yeah, but it wasn't all my fault. Fine, but it was partially your fault. We don't want to leave debris behind us and bodies behind us of things that have happened and ignore uh, the, the good times that we had or the, the pleasant times that we had or the investment people made in our lives. They may not be in your life today. Life might be different. Maybe you took a different course. But here he confessed, but then he went back and he says, if I wronged anybody, I want to try and fix that. And I want to encourage you today that your destiny and future is, 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 is solidly facing confession, but also how do I try to repair? Now, there's some damages you cannot repair. But at least attempt to repair. Zacchaeus was doing it. He was saying, I will give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Obviously, he was confessing to what Luke opens up in verse 1, that he was wealthy because he was wealthy because he had done people wrong. But let's focus on the words of Jesus, and this, then, this, then I'm going to end this. First was to overcome the obstacles. Second, be intentional about your spiritual life. Third was ignore the strange voices, internal, external. Confess your sins and commit to repair whatever you can, whatever damage you can. And then Jesus makes this statement, my closing point here, verse 9. Jesus says to him, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house. And then he says now to the audience that were there, to this man too is to this man too is a son of Abraham. And there's where I get the theme for my talk today. No one is beyond God's love. In that time, the only thing worse, the second thing worse than being the devil was being a tax collector. That was as close to demonic work uh, as anything in that time. That's the way it was viewed. And in the eyes of many, tax collectors were beyond the salvation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, even among believers, even among believers. And so Jesus is saying here, wait, 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 wait. Today's salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of, he's part of the family of humanity. He's part of one. And, and I want to share with you today, no one, including you, is beyond the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what you've done, no matter how you've carried yourself, no matter how, no, it doesn't matter how much wrong you've done in the past, no one, no one is beyond the reach of the gospel of the good news. No one. And Jesus makes that statement. I think you need to get that internally in your walk with God. And you say, yeah, but I haven't been there. I haven't been as Yeah, all of that is true. All of that is true. Try and fix it. Try and fix it. But just realize that you're not beyond the reach of God's loving hand reaching out to you tonight. Not beyond the reach. Oh, but you don't know the sin I've done. You don't know how. You're not beyond the reach. Stop convincing yourself of something that you don't need to convince yourself of. And that is you're, you're disqualified for the cross of Calvary. You're disqualified to be reached by the blood of Jesus. No. No. That is not. You're convincing yourself of something that is not true and not biblical. 
God reaches out to you with a loving and forgiving hand to bring you into the fold. Because just as he said about Zacchaeus, it refers to you as, as well. You too are a son and a daughter of Abraham, a person of faith. And you need to convince yourself. And then he makes the statement, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. What a powerful, I mean, Jesus had a way of speaking to both. He's speaking to the crowd there. How dare you disqualify the man? And he says, he didn't just come, you know, for the righteous and, the, and those that are well. He came for those to save all that were lost. Allowing then Zacchaeus to have a path into the family of God. That path is open to you as well this evening. You might be like that lady that I mentioned in my opening statement. Everybody is looking for love. Everybody wants to be loved. You are loved. Your life tonight, this evening, is, it is not beyond the reach of God's love for you. You made a mistake. There's sin, distractions in your life, situations you should not be in, events of the past that you've been ignoring too long that you can fix. I'm here to tell you no one is beyond the reach of God's love, including you. Father, I thank you for these moments that I have to share from the word, living word, that increases our faith. As I shared, Lord, with my brothers and sisters tonight, I pray, Lord, that those listening to my voice would realize, Lord, that they're not far from the reach of your love. That tonight is a night, just as Zacchaeus was seeking after you, tonight is a night to seek after you, dear Lord, and find a way, whatever it is, break through the crowd, break through the obstacles to get to see you. And that tonight, Lord, that you would receive the prayers of confession right now, Lord, to forgive sins, to hear, Lord, those hearts crying out this evening, I've made a huge mistake, but I want to make it right. Come into their lives. Transform them. Yes, even this Wednesday, even this evening, even in a distant situation, Lord, in that home, your salvific power would reach that heart, that young man, that young woman, that husband, that wife, that dad, that mom, that child. Right now, grab a hold of that heart. Allow them, Lord, to know that they too are sons of Abraham. That they too, Lord, are the ones that you came to seek and to save. In Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. God is so good, so good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord forevermore. Church, join me in this additional prayer that I want to just lead, and, and then we'll have Reverend Isaac lead us in song. And that is, as you know, we have uh, some of our brethren not doing well physically, um, and COVID is, is still around. I know many of our brothers and sisters are getting vaccinated, those that want to. We applaud you, and you know we're following all the guidelines here in our church. But this is a very serious, serious, serious pandemic. And as people are traveling more back and forth and moving around, we always want to be very cautious and make sure that we do the right thing. And you, you already know uh, some of our brothers and sisters in our church. And I want to lift up a prayer 
I want to pray for the Bowman family. They've been visited by COVID as well, testing positive, uh, doing okay, but nonetheless need a lot of prayer. I want to pray also for Sam Amanzar and Isabella tonight. We've been praying for him, uh, for them, and that God would visit the Almanzar family. I had an opportunity before the service to, to speak on the phone with, with Sam, and he's coming along. But let's just continue to surround them in prayer. And I'm, um, and I'm mentioning names with their permission. They know. Um, and let's just pray. And others that we might not be totally aware of at this point, that God would work a miracle. And here's what I want to do, and that way you'll know how I'm going to pray so you can Hook your, pray, your faith up with mine. I want to pray for a complete, for complete healing. That's what I want to pray for. Complete healing. Because I believe there's nothing impossible for God. Complete healing. And then secondly, I want to pray for a very speedy recovery. That they don't have to wait days, but that the Lord will quickly start to turn, turn things around. And the doctors may say this or that or whatever they might say. But a speedy recovery. Complete speedy recovery that there won't be anything lingering afterwards. I was talking to a, pa a pastor in another state today who survived COVID, and, and here it is weeks afterwards, and he's still having some residual effects of that. Let's pray that that stops right away, right away, and that people get back to normal, get back to 100%. Join me in, in faith right now. Father, I come before you totally believing in your promises. There is no doubt in my mind Lord, even embracing your sovereignty, that at the end of the day, you do what you think is right. We honor that, Lord. That's who you are. But we pray in faith in this moment. And we send the word of healing in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now for that pastor that I just mentioned a few moments ago. Visit his home and his family and work that miracle in Jesus' name. Lord, he's back to leading the church and back into ministry. But, Lord, still has some lingering effects in his body. Father, let it end tonight, a speedy recovery in Jesus' name. I pray for the Almanzar family, Lord. I lift them up to you. I lift up Sam, Isabella, Isabella to you, and I lift them up. Lord, I pray right now that you would heal them in Jesus' name. I bind rebuke and stop all of this fever and shortness of breath and all the effects of COVID. Stopping it right now in Jesus' name. And I pray for complete, complete healing. And a very speedy recovery. Whatever the doctors are saying, speed it up, Lord. That it'll be total and it'll be speedy in Jesus' name. I pray that you keep Pastor Enid well and Samuelito well as well, Father. Fill that home with your presence, dear God, and your protection. I pray for the Bowman family. Thank you, Lord, for seeing Martin through. And we pray for Minister Angie, Lord, as well. And, Lord, what is going on not only in that home but other homes that we're aware of as well. Our Father, fill the Bowman home with your presence and glory. Protect Mother Potter, Lord, and others as well, Lord. Be over them in Jesus' name. I pray for a total healing and a speedy recovery. And those, our brothers and sisters in our church, and people that we might know, Father, that are afflicted by this horrible, horrible, horrible disease. I pray, Lord, that you would work a miracle in Jesus' name. We'll always give you the glory. And those, Lord, that have not pos tested positive are, are doing well, Lord, and have been protected. Keep them shielded. Keep them protected, Lord. In Jesus' name, we'll always give you the honor and the glory. Amen and amen. Let's worship the Lord.